we're going to uh, pick up where we left off. Uh, we, we started a, a message a couple weeks back titled, Not Normal. Uh, I hope you all been enjoying this message. Has anybody been enjoying it? Uh, I feel like it's been a powerful, uh, definitely a timely message, right? Uh, we are going through so much right now, uh, and so it's definitely a timely message, and I really hope and pray that the Lord has been, been showing you something uh, to help you grow through this this, this season that we're in, where uh, normal, anything that we thought was normal has been uprooted and chucked, and, <laughs> and uh, the new normal posts are getting planted every day, and so, but we, we've been talking uh, about what normal means, that I believe it's really overrated, and God doesn't call us normal anyway, right? Let's go ahead and look at that, that first recap point uh, this morning, what we said a, a couple weeks back, we're, we're talking about, uh, about not being normal, because God calls us uh, to something else. We've been saying that he calls us to a new kingdom. So we said a, a couple weeks back, this first point, uh, recap point, uh, we said, so today we're living in a, in a new normal uh, because normal is relevant to the culture, the community, and environment that we're in, that we live in. As Christians, we're not called a new normal. We are called to a new kingdom, and the kingdom of God is not normal. So we as believers, as Christians, as the church, Y'all, God doesn't call us to be normal. Uh, you know, and this is, uh, we hear it all the time. I said it a couple times this week. I've been trying not to say it. Uh, what's the phrase? If we could just go back to normal, right? That's what we keep hearing. Or uh, the new normal. And, 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 and y'all, normal isn't all that in a bag of chips. Uh, it's really not. Uh, and as soon as something is established as normal, the world that established that normal thing uh, just as quickly changes it and says it's not normal anymore. This is the new normal, right? And so that's the way uh, of the world. And the kingdom of God is, is steady in his ways and, and his kingdom uh, is, this, is the same uh, yesterday, today, uh, and forever. And so what we said and we just talked about uh, that normal is, 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 is made and defined by the communities uh, and the places that we live and grow up, right? The environments that we live in. What's, what we consider normal uh, here in Holly Pond, Alabama, is not normal in Lear, Uganda, right? Uh, and what's normal in Lear, Uganda, is not normal for us here in Holly Pond, right? And so it, it, normal is defined uh, and based on the fact of the, the, the cultures and environments uh, that we live in. Amen. And, and we said God doesn't call us to that anyway. He calls us to a new kingdom, to his kingdom. And the kingdom of God is not normal. There is nothing about preaching about the Jesus, King of Nazareth, that is normal. There is nothing about signs, miracles, and wonders uh, that we get to see even in our church on a weekly basis, that is normal. God, so forgive us if we've taken the church for granted, right? I, through this, the Lord has really shaken me up. Uh, and I've really had to, God, what have I really been believing? God, what have I really been praying? Uh, because, you know, we just take gathering for granted until we can't gather no more, right? And, and the Lord shakes us up and we realize how good we have it and had it. And that's why we struggled of wanting to go back, right? To the comfortability, but we can't. Um, Luke 17, 21, it says, For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. And so Jesus said the kingdom of God is, is at hand. It's, it's within you. It's in your midst. It, it, it's right there. And that's how we bring his kingdom to our will, his kingdom uh, 
comes here to earth because of the kingdom of God that's alive inside of us. If you, if you believe in Jesus, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen? That second point, let's look at that second recap point. We said the kingdom of God is uh, more than rules, regulations, or rituals. Uh, they change, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Somebody say joy. joy. In the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy are the standards of the kingdom. And so the kingdom of God is more than just rules, regulations, rituals, and laws. That's, is, I feel like that's basically about all we deal with in our world, right? Especially in the last couple months. It's like new rule, new regulation, new law, more, more, more. And what happens the more uh, regulations, the more laws over the people, that's how the world tries to externally control uh, its people, right? Laws are, are intended for good, but too much regulation, people get stir crazy. Uh, you know, no one's even talking about the coronavirus anymore the last couple of days. What are they talking about now? The riots, right? Uh, and I was watching that stuff, and y'all, I was, I was physically uh, sad, physically angered. I was, you know, I just had to pray God's peace over me when I was watching that stuff because, because people have lost their minds. They're so lost, and they don't know it breaks my heart. They are, they are burning down their own communities. Does the world need Jesus? Yes. How do we give them Jesus? Through our lives. The only way we can give them Jesus is through our lives. So our opinions don't change anything. Uh, your opinion on Facebook, the world needs Jesus, doesn't change anything. It's, it's your actions that change the world. And so, sorry to take that side. Would y'all join me uh, in prayer for our nation? We need to pray for our nation. Amen. But so the kingdom of God is more than uh, just those, those types of laws and, and, and regulations and lording over uh, the people. And they change just as quick as they're written, right? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we said righteousness, peace, and joy are the standards of his kingdom. And so today that's what we're going we're gonna to look at. We're going to look at each of his standards, the three standards that we're talking about, righteousness, joy, and peace. And we're going to study those out. Because if those are the standards, we said last week that a standard is a measurement that doesn't change, right? It, it stays the same no matter what. If these are the standards of God's kingdom, and he calls us to his kingdom, then I need to live my life based on his standards, right? So that's what we're going to look at. And just hear me, uh, God and his standards, they don't change. Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God uh, is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, there it is, righteousness, peace, Enjoy in the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit gives us those standards as we call to a relationship uh, with Him on a daily basis. Let's look at that next point. Uh, Y'all's first new point uh, for this morning. So uh, it says, The Holy Spirit uh, rules and reigns in us, somebody say in us, yes. by righteousness, peace, and joy. And so this is how God, this is how the kingdom that he calls us to, this is how God rules and reigns in those who love him, right? Because the world, like I said, it tries to, to, to rule and reign over us by the external things, right? God knows that he can rule and reign within our hearts. If the life of God can come alive in my life, then I'll, just, I'll choose him, right? 
I'll live for him. I'll do what he asks. And when I, when I do what he asks of me, then that's how his kingdom comes to earth. And that's how he rules and reigns in our lives, in our hearts, right? So God rules and reigns within us. And, and, and we can both agree, or both, we can all agree that uh, if God could reign in our hearts, then the world would be a better place. Right? If he could rule and reign in our hearts and in our lives, the world would be a better place. And so that's what we have to do. We have to be fully surrendered uh, and allow these three, these three standards, righteousness, peace, and joy, really to take root and be evident in our lives. And whenever we allow the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that gives us these things, that the same Spirit, right, the same Spirit that led Jesus lives and dwells inside of us, and we allow that Holy Spirit within us to rule and reign over whatever we're facing, hear me, when you allow righteousness, peace, and joy to reign in your heart, no matter whatever you're facing in your life, whether it's, it's pain, it's heartache, it's, it's uh, divorce, it's addiction, whatever it is, when you allow this to, to reign in your life, uh, something happens inside of us, and, and we're changed, and we experience those things the righteousness, the peace, and the joy. And, you know, you don't even have to be a believer, a Christian, for 10 years to experience these things. I can remember the day that I gave my life to God. I was lost as a lost puppy. I was uh, in a place called Teen Challenge all the way in Lansing, uh, Michigan. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I had... uh, the law, I don't know what was going to happen to me as far as the law goes. I had um, tickets, all sorts of stuff. I, I, my life was a mess. I was, on top of that, I was, uh, was an alcoholic. Notice I say was because who the sun sets free uh, is free, free indeed. Not once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. God did a real thing in my life. But it was, it was I remember the day I got saved. You know, you can get saved anywhere too. It was in the middle of worship. I didn't know the first Bible verse. Maybe I knew John 3.16, Maybe. You know what, but what happened? There's something happened in the middle of worship. I didn't even know the song, but I was listening to what's going on, and I was, I was crying out to God, and I, something happened inside of me. I broke. I began to weep, and I said, God, I'm, I'm done. I don't know if I'm going to live. I'm going to die. How am I going to get through this? I'm in this crazy place. You know what happened? Something inside of me. I experienced righteousness, I experienced peace, and I experienced joy in a moment. And I even heard his voice in an audible way in my life. He said, what took you so long? I love you. I love you. I accept you. And it began to break me. Something I'll never forget. And so that's from the from the Holy Spirit in a moment gave me those three things, righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, sh- sharing something else. We're going through a, a new season, me and uh, Pastor Jessica. We're having a baby, right? Uh, and you get around, uh, you know, I feel like guys for some reason. I get around uh, friends or my guys or guys at work and stuff. And so they'll ask you, say, hey, you ready? <laughs> you ready? And you know what? I'm ready. I'm not fearful. The old Ian, oh yeah, I wouldn't be ready. You know what? I experience the righteousness, 
the peace and the joy because I've done it God's way and God's order. And he blessed us with a baby because obviously Ian is ready. Amen. And so I can experience those things because he gives them to us through the Holy Spirit. But now I have to, on purpose, choose those things with no matter what I'm going through. Amen. So today, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at these three standards. We're going to look at righteousness, joy, and peace. Uh, and, and we're going to kind of study them out and dive a little deeper because these are the three standards of, of his kingdom, right? And so we need to know his standards if we're going to live by it. Philippians 2.13. It says, uh, for God is working, there it is again, in you, right? For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power, somebody say power, to please him. So he says that, that um, he is working within us. Know that if you've accepted him in your life, he's working in you. Now, we have a responsibility to play and a role we play to cultivate that relationship. Uh, but as we do that, he begins to give us new desires. Has anybody experienced that as you, as you live for him? He begins to give you new desires. Uh, and not only does he give you uh, new desires, he also gives us the power to do those desires that he gives us. And so it's the Holy Spirit that is able to do that within us. Some of y'all, you can remember night and day, right? Like how your life has been totally shifted and changed. The things that you used to want to do make, might make you vomit now, want to vomit. When I just think of this, or sometimes they were watching a movie or something and someone's uh, like, like drinking something and I know what they're drinking, it, it kind of turns my stomach a little bit. Because God has, has, has radically changed my life. He's, he's given me a new desire, right? A new desire of righteousness, joy, and peace. And not only does he, he's not going to just give us uh, his desires. He's going to give us the power through the Holy Spirit to actually accomplish those things. He's not going to leave us or forsake us, right? He says, if I give you these new desires, this desire to start a new business, or this desire uh, to step out in faith into this, this unknown season that you're doing or to, or to help somebody and come along somebody. He, he says, I'm going to give that desire, yes, but I, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you power to see that thing through, to do it, to be able to actually accomplish it because he loves us that much. So let's look at that next point. So st studying out righteousness, if you study this out, um, if you look up some definitions or a look at the word righteousness that is, is used a lot in the New Testament, throughout all the epistles and all that. This is what it means. Uh, it means being in right standing with God. So righteousness and the Holy Spirit, if, if that's what it means, being uh, in right standing with God. So righteousness and the Holy Spirit means being in right standing or in step or in sync with the Holy Spirit. And so we have a tendency to think that righteousness is this, this big, bold, audacious thing that it means like, oh, that person has the perfect life. That person is without sin, right? That's not what it really means. Righteousness just means to be in right standing, in right step, in right sync with God. How do we get in right step, in right sync with God? We need the Holy Spirit to help us get in tune with what God is wanting us to do, like what God says. What God says is is, is right, what God says is wrong. That's why Jesus had to send his spirit, why he had to go so that we can maintain this level of righteousness 
that he calls us to. And so we can only attain righteousness through belief in Jesus and through a relationship with him, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Okay, And it doesn't mean that we're without sin. And so as long as I am cultivating a daily relationship with him, I am striving for righteousness. So if you are on purpose daily cultivating relationship with God, you're fellowshipping with him, you speak to him, you talk to him, you allow him to, to, to kind of lead you, if you say yes, yes, and no's or no's, right, what he says, then that's what you are doing. You are, you are stepping, you are in sync with God, in tune with him through the Holy Spirit, and that is how he, he, he works through us. Ephesians 4.30, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He says, do not grieve. Somebody say grieve. The Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of salvation. Y'all, we got to, don't ignore the voice of God. We at times ignore the voice of God, exchange the voice of God Almighty. We exchange what he's saying he proves his love, love to us because we, we hear him, we see what he's doing, he's speaking to us. What, what do we exchange it for? The comforts of our flesh. The comfortability of going back to normal, staying stuck in normal. I said it, normalcy and complacency are directly tied together. If I stay in a place of normalcy long enough, I'll get complacent. And if I, if I get complacent long enough, I'm stuck. And so let's stop ignoring the voice of God, exchanging his voice for the comforts of, of, of my flesh. And we say, God, it's just, what you want me to do is going to be so tough to go and ask forgiveness from whoever. Or God, you want me to, to start this, this, this thing that you're calling me to? Lord, that's going to be a lot of work. That's going to take up a lot of time. My, I just, if the voice of God... Is, is speaking to us. Y'all, what are we selling ourselves short on? Exchanging it for the comforts of my flesh. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it says, there it is, do not quench the Spirit of God. Do not quench the Spirit. The Lord was showing me, when we quench the Spirit of God, when we do what I'm saying, when we, we, we resist God, we... We say, no, God, I'm not ready. When we, when we quench the Spirit, the voice of God, we surrender holy ground to the enemy. We surrender holy ground to evil. When, when, when we quench the Spirit, because do you know if you believe in Jesus, your heart, your heart is holy ground. Everything that your heart comes in contact with has potential to be holy, right? If we walk in righteousness, joy and peace, we walk in these standards of God. And when you say no and you quench the Spirit of God from, from getting you to do something or step into something or say something uh, for His glory, you surrender that ground, that potential ground to evil, to the enemy. And the enemy wins. And when the enemy wins, you have people burning down all their cities <laughs> all across the nation. You know what? And I just want to say their cause, what, what happened to that gentleman was terrible, was evil. It's pretty evident. But 
what is it? It's the people's hearts that they, 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 don't, they don't see the truth and the repercussions of what they're, what they're really doing. And, and, and if we, uh, by His Spirit, took, took captive of evil ground for, for, holy, for righteousness and for holy reasons, what could happen? Amen. God wins. Galatians uh, 5, 16 through 17, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the, um, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. And so it's, it, it's plain and simple, and I know that, that you know this because we preach it a lot. It, it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual battle between his spirit and my flesh, right? It, it's a constant battle, uh, and, and we cannot win... Uh, Spiritual battles in our flesh. The battle for our souls, our families, our freedoms, and our nation cannot be won uh, in our flesh. And the Spirit of God allows us to win those battles by His Spirit. And so it's only by the Spirit of God that brings dominion within. To bring victory to the external things. When He, when he has dominion within by His Spirit... We, we see and experience victories on the outside, e external things around us. Let's look at that next point. So your answers of yes and no, okay, your answers uh, to God of yes and no demonstrated in, in, in sync or in your step with the Holy Spirit releases uh, supernatural power that makes dominion over the flesh. So based on your answer on your spiritual life, if you're responding or not responding to the voice of God determines whether he's going to release supernatural power uh, and dominion that continues to take authority over your flesh or you're surrendering that area, that part of your life. And, and not acting is, is acting because you're surrendering that really to, to the enemy to allow him to do whatever he wants. And so each time we respond appropriately with the Spirit of God, He releases supernatural power, anointing, and gifting. When we respond appropriately, when we say, yes, God, because you said, and when we say, no, God, because you said. And so in order to bring uh, His kingdom to earth, and I think we can all grieve, it's the only way we can change our world is by bringing His kingdom to earth, His answers have to be my answers. God's answers have to be my answers uh, if I want him to allow him to use me. Uh, let's look at Matthew 16, 19. This is Jesus. Um, he, he, he's, uh, he, he's, he's speaking. He says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Right, we know that scripture. The key, I believe that he's speaking about, that key is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the key to your life. And the only way I can bind and loose things is by his spirit. And, and some of us need to just take authority over things that we're going through in our lives. And remember that I can bind things and I can loose things. And I just have to remember that the key is by his spirit. Uh, and he gives me authority to do that thing. And so what would happen if we, we actually began to bind some things and, and loose some things instead of just going in the prayer room and praying for so-and-so and, you know, 
Lord, just bless them and, and, and help them and, and God give them love and mercy and grace. That's good. That's great. That's better, better enough than nothing. But what would happen if we said, you know what? God, I bind that spirit of doubt in so-and-so. God, and I, I, I loose and release, God, the spirit of faith and trust in the name of Jesus. Or you know what? God, I, I bind the spirit of lust and pornography uh, and addiction, God, and so-and-so. God, and I loose the spirit of freedom in Jesus' name. God, the spirit of, of love and peace and a sound mind in Jesus' name. What could happen? That's how we bring his kingdom to earth, the new kingdom that he's calling us to. And so we can do these things. We just forget, right? We get lost. We, we get in, into a routine. We get off going. And we got to remember that by the authority that Jesus has given us, we can do these things by faith. Amen. Let's look at that next point. And so peace. So, so uh, we're just talking about righteousness, the, the first standard. This next standard is peace. And peace means rest, harmony, and tranquility. The Holy Spirit governs our heart uh, with peace. And so I feel like I speak and preach about peace a lot. Because you know what? The Lord did a major work in my life through peace. When, when I was uh, going through Teen Challenge uh, in the Sunshine House, and he just, as soon as I, I really got born again, God just, he, he gave me this, this sense of peace that I, I've, I, I really always carry. That really no matter what, even if it gets really bad, I have this sense of peace that, that God's got me. And so I don't believe you can place a value on the peace of God. I, you couldn't get me to exchange the peace of God in my life for anything. Well, maybe for his love. <laughs> That's about it. His love and his peace are the two most invaluable things that he can give us. Uh, but, but hear me. There are certain victories in your life that I don't believe you can attain until you experience his peace. The peace of God, the peace that he wants to give you until you walk into that peace of knowing that no matter what, your, your soul's set. Uh, you're, you're still blessed. You have much to be thankful for. Until you step into that, there are certain victories in your life that you cannot attain or step into. I was um, praying and studying and preparing like I do to get ready uh, for today, for Sunday morning this past week. And I just uh, was, was going over this point and just, and just praying and uh, studying. And um, I remembered something. Has anybody ever seen uh, that movie, The Passion of the Christ? Yeah, it's a great movie, powerful movie. Um, but there is a scene in that movie, a point in that movie, uh, before they get ready to scourge him. Remember they put him on the post and he's shackled and he's shaken. And he says, Father, my heart is ready. Father, my heart's ready. He's shaken. We're talking about battles. We're talking about victories. You think he was fixing to go through a battle? Yeah. Was he about to experience a victory? Yeah. How was he able to do that? The peace of God was within his heart. So until God does a peace within your heart, there are certain victories. There are certain levels of faith you cannot enter in, experience, get victory in. Until you allow him to come in and say, when you can, when chaos, when all hell, literal hell is breaking loose in your life, you can say, God, 
My heart's ready. My heart's ready. Let's look at John 14, 30. We're talking about Jesus. He says, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler, the devil, of this world is coming and he has what? No power. The, the New King James says he has nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing in me. Jesus says he comes to, to accuse and point, but guess what? He has nothing in me. Why does he have nothing in him? Because his heart was set. He had the peace of God. And, and nothing that, that anyone could say or do or come against him, not even knowing he was going to be crucified, was going to change that in his life. What would happen if we as believers could do that? Colossians 3.15 says, And then the peace that comes... From Christ, let it rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live, somebody say live, in peace, and always be thankful. So, Jesus, He did this, He went before us, He did it first so that we can do it too. He did it first so that we can do it too. That word rule in that scripture, uh, it says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. That word rule, if you study it out, it means to govern or to umpire. And so he says, let that peace that comes from Christ, this peace I'm talking about, when he says, Father, my heart's ready, there's nothing in me because I have the peace of God, that type of peace, rule over you, rule, rule in your hearts, that type of rule means to govern, to umpire our souls. It's kind of like a, a referee of life. Anybody like to watch sports? You know, there's a referee in, in every sport, and what is their job to to, to see if the people are doing, the, the players are doing something outside the rules, something that they, they're called and able to do within the rules. And so the peace of God is just like that for us. It's supposed to rule in our hearts, to kind of umpire our lives and, and, and to rule, help us uh, to grow and, and to do what God wants us to do. And, then, and let me, one more thing I want to say. When we, when we violate the peace of God, the peace that he's trying to give us by, by saying no. The peace of God that he's trying to give us and we, and we violate it by saying no, God, or I don't need you today, God, or I got this on my own, God. We, it usually is followed up with regret. <laughs> it may not be in that moment instantaneously. It might be a couple hours later. It might be a couple days later. It might be a couple weeks later. It might be a couple years later. But I guarantee you, if you say no to God, it will be followed by a regret. Sooner or later, sometime. It's kind of like, uh, anybody like to go shopping? All the shoppers in the house? You ever bought something? All the guys are looking at their wives, right? <laughs> I've seen you. Every, every one of the guys looked at their... <clears throat> But has anybody ever bought something? And before you get to the car, you're like, why did I buy that? Shopper's remorse, right? It's kind of the same thing. I call it spiritual remorse. When you grieve the Spirit of God, on down the line, you're going to experience that remorse. God, I see it now. Why didn't I say yes? Why didn't I do what you asked me to do? And so... Let's not, let's, let's try and do it right the first time, right? And see what happens. Let's look at that next point. This third standard is joy. This is one of my favorites. 
So joy, it means, it means what? It means cheer, delight, gladness, and pleasure. And the Holy Spirit, He affirms and confirms us through the pleasure of the Lord. And so, these things, cheer, delight, gladness, pleasure, these are, these, the joy of the Lord is something that can only come from the Lord. And y'all, we as believers, as Christians, need to walk in these things. Cheer, delight, gladness, pleasure, joy. I do uh, pest control uh, Monday through Friday. That's my, that's my main job. So if you got bugs, call me. But, uh, so I get to meet a lot of awesome people, a lot of great people. I love, love the area I work in, uh, where my route's at. And so and I love my job because it really goes hand in hand with my ministry. I get to talk about God and Jesus and church all the time. And, but, you know, sometimes you get to talking with somebody and you find out they're a Christian early on and you get to talking. And, and, and before you know it, you just kind of see uh, just they're, they're, everything they're saying is just almost like a complaining or negative thing. And I don't say this ugly or in a judgmental way. It really breaks my heart when I see it because they, they confess to be a Christian, but they have no joy they almost feel like it's a, a job or living for Jesus is so hard. And it breaks my heart because I don't know if it's, our growth is ultimately our responsibility. Your growth is your responsibility. But maybe that person goes to a church that ain't preaching total truth. I don't know. But hear me, as Christians, y'all, we have to walk in these things. In the joy of the Lord. We, do we not have something to be thankful for? Man, we are blessed. So blessed. So blessed. And we talked a couple weeks ago about being a set apart, right? Uh, being holy, and that's what holy means. Being set apart. And if set apart means to be holy, and we're talking about not being normal, and set apart means to stand out, then that's the opposite of normal, right? And, and if we live our lives that way as a Christian does, and they, they're... They don't ex express joy and they don't express these things out in the world. We're not standing out at all. And it quenches the, the Spirit of God. Um, Psalms 149.4, it says, For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He will beautifully uh, beautify and humble uh, them with salvation. In Matthew 3.17, it says, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, who I am well and pleased. That's the voice of God, right? Speaking over his son who is Jesus, he says, this is my son who I am well pleased. Do you know that God does that same thing over us, over you, over his son and over his... Every time you respond appropriately to his guidance, to his word, you heed to his voice, he says, look, the world, look, gathers the angels around, look, look, there's my son, there's my daughter. He's about to step out in faith for my name's sake. He's about to do something for my name that he has never yet done. Amen. He takes pleasure, the joy of the Lord when we, when we step into these things. When we obey the guidance of the Lord, we can't help but feel the joy that he has for us. He blesses his children. We have a good, good father, right? And he blesses his children. Let's look at that last point. So we are not called to a new normal. We are called to a new kingdom. When we operate in the kingdom, 
we can take dominion over every circumstance, every spirit, and every stronghold in life through righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You don't have to allow the circumstances to rule over your life anymore if you don't want them to. You have the power, you have the authority. We've been talking about binding and loosing things by faith in his name. He doesn't call us to, he normally calls us to his new kingdom. And we can have dominion over those circumstances and we can rule over them through the kingdom of God that is within us. And some of us might have to change some things. The way that we pray, the way that we're, we're believing. We might have to change some things. And, and hear me, if you don't change something, something won't change. If you don't change something, that something, nothing will change. And so some of us, maybe we just gotta, we have to remember oh, what is available to us. The, the power of God, the spirit of God, the desires that he gives us, right? He doesn't just give us new desires. He gives us the power to carry out those desires. Uh, and the righteousness and the peace and the joy, the standards of God that he's calling us to, amen? Um, getting ready to close. I want to ask everybody, that's, that's just uh, getting his presence. Um, begin to really focus on, on him, on, on, on the Father. I want to pray over us here in a moment. But before I do, I, I want to ask you, uh, if you're here this morning, and we've been talking about a lot of stuff, but maybe you've never uh, surrendered your life or your heart to God. I was sharing about my testimony a little bit, about that moment when I really gave my life to God. And if you're here this morning, or maybe you're watching with us online and you've never done that and never had that moment, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today, to change your life. We call it being born again or getting saved. And so I want to give you an opportunity to do something about that. If God, if we're talking about the voice of God, if he's speaking to you right now, to, to be able to do that, to change your life and to allow him to come and live inside of you, to begin to make you a new person. We call it a new creation uh, that God wants to do in you. You know, and if, if maybe you've, you've never done that or if you have done that and you have maybe fallen down, you've, you, uh, you're in a hurting place and we're talking about righteousness and joy and peace and you don't feel like you have any of those things and that might be because of the conviction of your life and maybe you're not living, uh, giving God the best. So, if that's you, so I have an invitation for two, for two people, two folks. If you, you've never been born again or saved or you have and you've fallen down and want to be restored to fullness today, I want you right now, wherever you're at, if you're in our sanctuary or if you're at home watching or in your car, I don't know what you're doing, I want you to uh, just stand up. If you're in your car, don't stand up. Just raise your hand real high. Uh, but if you're here in the sanctuary and you've never, never done that or have and need to be restored, I'm going to give you a moment to stand up right now. If God, the voice of God is speaking to you, don't resist or exchange his voice for the comfortability of saying, ah, I don't have to stand up. I can just do this when I get home. Yeah, you can. But God's wanting to do something special in your life right now. If he's speaking to you right now, why pass that by? I'm going to give you a few more seconds if that's you to stand up. Stand up. 
I want to stand in our sanctuary, but I don't know if you're at home standing. So if you are, I, I'm just going to go ahead and lead us all in a prayer in case somebody is doing that and I can't see you. So it goes like this. I want you all to repeat after me if you're watching, if you're with us. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, and we thank you for your son, Jesus. God, we accept him right now in our lives. God, it's in him that we believe we're promised eternal life. God, and it's with my mouth that I confess that he is Lord and Savior over all. I ask this in Jesus' name.